What's up, tribe? I'm Michael Fleming, and welcome to yet another episode of Find Your Voice, where we talk about continually improving the health, wealth, and relationship of your dental organization. I am so excited to come to you today. This is kind of funny. I had a, a little bit of an epiphany yesterday with when I was having a conversation with my son, and I was going to insert it uh, into today. So I was going to kind of forcefully insert it into the schedule, because remember, we kind of talk about the the health, the wealth, the relationship. And so what I do is I kind of schedule these out so that we're talking about one of these each and every day. So if I talked about health yesterday, we're going to talk about wealth today and then relationship tomorrow, tomorrow and so forth. And then even within that, we kind of break down theory versus tactical, right? So where I'm coming at you with today is off of this epiphany. And guess what happened? The universe provided that today was going to be a health and talking high-level theory anyway, which is exactly what I wanted to talk about. It's so amazing how this stuff happens, right? So, and had it even not been part of the schedule, I was going to forcefully insert it in there and then make up for it later just because I had such uh, a key learning yesterday while I was having a conversation. So let me kind of back up into that conversation and, and how this happens. So I've got three kids right now that are in elementary school. Uh, I've got a, a first grader, a third grader and a fourth grader. And so each of them, uh, as as you're aware, because you've been listening uh, now for a little bit, right? Uh, I recently relocated to Sugarland, Texas from Portland, Oregon. So we've been here about four months now and we're integrating. The kids are playing new sports. I joined a softball team. I've opened a new office. My wife is doing very well with her new career down here, which is the reason we came down here. So everyone's like assimilating. We're, We're at really embracing the culture. We're not trying to change it. We're, we're taking that attitude of when in Rome, right? We're, we're really embracing what is surrounding. And so what we're doing now, part of that is, uh, the schools are very different. And one of those key differences for us, well, right off the bat was they wear uniforms here in their public schools. And so that was a, a big change. That was something very different. Uh, and the curriculum that they teach down here is is a little, I'm not going to say a little more advanced, but it's different, okay? And so, uh, you know, there's there's some key differences here. You know, one of the key differences that I've also noticed and that I really appreciate is that my third grader and my fourth grader uh, both have day planners. <laughs> so if if you've been listening to the uh, the podcast, you know that we've had conversations about time management and how I use my Panda Planner to help me kind of set monthly and weekly and daily goals to be able to, to achieve like larger outcomes, right? And so I really appreciate the fact that they're introducing this concept to these guys so young, right? So that they get familiar with using a day planner and they're comfortable using a day planner, right? And so using it to knock out that basically they're using it at like the day level where they're knocking out tasks, right? But I appreciate that. I love it. I love the introduction. So, you know, basically what a day looks like once I pick them up, after school is that we sit down and we review their day planners because within their day planners, it has all of the, not only the work that they've done at school, but also any homework that they need to get done and any sign-offs that I need to sign off on, right? So the the intent there is kind of the left hand's talking to the right, you know, the teacher is sending them home with his work. And the other hand is the parent kind of closing that loop saying, yes, you know, hey, no, I, I can see that you need to study for this science exam and it's a big exam. So let me help you do that. And that's just a real life example of what happened last night. But, but anyway, so they have these great day planners. Another thing that they do in addition to time management is that they also have a behavioral sheet, 
where basically they're judging these kids and they're not even judging, but what they're doing is they're providing this tool so that the students can even grade themselves, right? And so they have this grading system of one through five, where five is the highest, where if you're just having a stellar day and you didn't have to have any reminders and you got all of your work turned in and you were just a, an A grade student, you got a number five, right? As opposed to, you know, if you are completely, the, the wheels are falling off the wagon, that's going to be the number one, right? Where you're not listening to anything, you're not doing any of the work, you're getting sent to the principal, that's going to be a one, right? And so, you know, my kids on any given day are bringing home fives, right? Because that's just how we roll. Well, yesterday, you know, there, there's been a couple slacks where my, my oldest son uh, in school here is, you know, he's bringing home a couple fours and we're kind of like, all right, buddy. Let's bring that up to a five. Let's bring that home to a five. Well, yesterday he brings home a three and it, it just creates that opportunity to have the conversation where it's like, well, clearly myself, I wasn't there. So I don't know, you know, what, what does a three look like? What happened? What did you do to deserve that? So the only thing I can do is introduce the conversation to say, so talk to me about a three. How in the world did you get a three? Because I think that's the lowest he's received all year. And we've been in school now for about uh, six, seven, eight weeks now. Right. And so, so long enough that we've been using this tool, right. And we know how to use this tool and we know how to manage our behaviors to this tool. Right. And so when I asked about, you know, how in the world did you get a three, you know, it, it first turns, it starts out as, well, I only had to get three reminders today. That's like, okay. So obviously that was an excuse. And, and, you know, I didn't realize that if you got three re reminders that dropped you to a three, that dropped you from a four to a three, it's like, okay. And then I was like, well, what, what else happened? I, you know, three reminders. I don't know. I mean, I don't, again, you're educating me on this system. What, what else happened? Because, you know, three, that seems kind of, kind of harsh to get a three, right? And then he said, well, there was this other thing, you know, my buddy was uh, working underneath the table. And so I, I got underneath the table as well. And we were doing some work, some school work under the table. And I was like, so is that, wow, okay, that, that's creative. Is that something that you guys do? Is like you guys like work under the table to get some work done? He's like, oh no. I was like, oh wait, wait, wait. So you're not supposed to work under the table. He's like, oh no, no, no. It's like, well then why were you working under the table? And of course I get the blank stare where he's like, uh, <laughs> of course. You know, dad here wants to say, dude, you need to get better friends. You need to get friends that are operating in the five level, not the three level, right? But of course, I'm trying to coach the kid up and let him know. So it's like, okay, so now what we've learned is that, you know, it's not okay to sit under the table. And what's even more importantly is maybe we shouldn't be following the behaviors of other people. Maybe we should just be doing what we're supposed to be doing as opposed to being impressionable and following other people under the table, right? And I got the yes, but... Uh, the, the, the key epiphany for me is that I love the opportunity to have that conversation, right? Because, you know, once he was talking about, you know, I, I don't understand, you know, I, I only got three reminders and, you know, I'm, I'm at a three. It went from an excuse to all of a sudden we started talking about, it. it's like, well, what is a, what does a five look like? I mean, when you get a five, how are you behaving differently than when you're at a, a three, Right. And the conversation that happened was really great because he was able to really embrace the fact that he's in control and that he's the one that gets to choose what kind of grade that he gets, like that, that one through five grade, right? 
And it also translates to, you know, what kind of overall grade you're getting on any certain subject, right? In science or math or reading or whatever that might be, is you are in control of that. And that when you're getting a three at the end of the day, it's because you behaved at the three level, right? You behaved like a three, right? And inversely, like when you are getting a five, it's because you had an amazing day and you behaved at that level, right? And I thought this was this was great because this this kind of uh, dovetails on a, a learning that I had a while back when I was listening to a an audiobook from Stephen Covey, or actually I think it was a, an interview uh, with Stephen Covey, and he was kind of talking. I'm totally going to slaughter this analogy, but I'm I'm going to completely nail the intent. So if he ever happens to listen to this, he'll be like, "Dude, you you were even close." But yeah, 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 you got the intent. Was that you know there's so many people that will complain about where they're at yet. They're the ones that behave themselves into that situation. And when you're standing on the outside looking in it, it's so clear when you see these people that are struggling, right? We see it with our friends. We see it with our family. We see it with our brothers, our sisters, our, our mates, whatever that is. And, you know, we are sometimes able to offer that clarity. You know, there, there, there was that old saying that uh, it's hard to see the forest from within, right? When you're standing in the middle of the forest, it's really hard to see the trees. And, you know, this is very true when, when it comes to yourself you know, it's really hard to see your own opportunities. It's really hard to see your own behaviors. And sometimes then we kind of fall into that, you know, exactly what Noah did yesterday. We become the victim, right? And then we start blaming outside of ourselves. Well, I didn't, I didn't realize that once I got three reminders, it became a three. And I didn't realize that, you know, if you, you sat into the table and it, again, it was excuses and you could tell by the way he was talking, it's like, dude, you know, because you behaved at the five level. Now And now you're seeing that, oh, when you behave at a three level, you actually get a three. And how does that work for you, buddy? Well, in, in my house, it doesn't work very good. You know, we're always striving to be fives and, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent. There's uh, sometimes reward attached to five. So say, for example, to in an effort to get their levels back up, I was like, all right, guys, since we didn't have dessert last night, if everyone brings home a five, we're doing dessert tonight, right? And so everyone's excited about that. And guess what's going to happen tonight? It's like I, I've got a crystal ball. Guess guess what grades they're going to get because there's that that reason for them to perform. They're going to perform, and they're all going to perform at what level? Are they going to perform at a three, or are they going to perform at a five? Well, we all know to get a five, you're going to need to perform at that five level. And so now the epiphany that I'm having and the reason I'm sharing this conversation with you, and this was kind of a, a reason. So sometimes I go like 30,000 foot level with Noah because I have these epiphanies. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. And and I start, you know, talking with him and coaching him up almost as, as he, he's an adult. And then his eyes glaze over and he's like, dude, what are you talking about? But where the, the conversation organically went was, buddy, don't be upset because these grades right now that you're getting, this is a gift because this is something that you get graded on. Because basically what they do is they grade themselves and then the teacher comes around and either agrees, disagrees or provides feedback. So if it's a five, the teacher will come back and say, you know, great day today. Or if it was a three, you know, the teacher will actually leave a note. Yep, I agree with this three and, you know, no one needed extra reminders today, whatever that is, right? But the magic of that system is you are now learning that your behavior is directly related to your outcomes, right? You have, back to what I just talked about with Stephen Covey, right? We behave ourselves into our current situation, right? Wherever you are right now, it's because you behaved yourself into this situation. If you are rich, living in abundance, and you have everything that you need and you're able to give to charity and you have so much love to give all those people. It's, it's not because it was handed to you. It's because you behaved in that manner to put yourself in that position, right? And inversely, 
if you are sleeping under a bridge and you're homeless and you don't know where your meal is going to become going to come uh not i understand this is extreme and the majority of that population is probably affected by some kind of mental illness but the point i'm trying to make is this logic still holds true uh the behaviors are consistent with that outcome right and so i hope that doesn't seem too harsh because uh, I'm also a big believer that we need to be helping, doing a lot more work with, with our mental health uh, community and helping them out and helping them succeed and, and or start creating the, the best behaviors for themselves to get themselves in, right, in better positions as well, right? So sorry to spin off on that, but I'm not a hard ass. I'm not a, I'm not a cold hearted person, but my point is that, that our behaviors uh, are consistent. And heck, let's go back to that. Let, let's dig there a little bit deeper, right? Because with that homeless person, imagine put yourself in that position, right? Where you're under the bridge and you don't know where your, your next meal is going to come and think about what that feels like, right? We've talked about our, our state and our body. You know, would you be sitting up upright with a ton of confidence? Probably not. You might be hunched over, might be looking down. Would your breasts be deep and powerful or would would they be shallow, right? Would there be, would there be hope in your horizon or would there be fear, Right. And again, these are all physical behaviors, right? And so what, what happens is it becomes that self-fulfilling prophecy, right? That if you've ever been depressed yourself or you've ever been down, what does it take for you to snap out of that, right? Sometimes it takes something big, right? Sometimes it takes time. Sometimes it takes another human being. Sometimes it takes, you know, a jolt to your system. Sometimes it takes a good night's sleep. So who, who knows what that takes, right? But it, it's all linked to the behaviors and what we are physically doing, right? And what we're, what we are doing is how we get our outcomes, right? And so this is also consistent with, you know, as we're on our path and as we're doing our day-to-day and as we have our habits, you know, how often are we breaking out that grade sheet to grade ourselves, right? To see, oh man, not only was I a three today, but shit, I've been a three all year, Right? But yet sometimes our expectations are like we're looking at other people around us that are absolutely killing it. And then we think it's not fair. And so, again, we fall into that victim mindset, right? We blame the system. Oh, they've got better opportunities than we do. Oh, they're a different color skin than we are. Oh, they've got more money than us. Oh, they've got better support at their church than us. Oh, they've got this. Oh, they've got that. And we make excuses when the reality of it is, is all of these excuses have nothing to do with you. And you're still at that fucking three while you're complaining about other people while they're at their five, right? And so the whole point of this is like backing up to that grade sheet. It's like, oh my gosh, what a gift you get, Noah, to be able to to receive this feedback. Because I was, I, was, I was telling him that once you get in the quote unquote real world, you don't get that shit. And in fact, if you're operating at a level three, what you get is other threes, right? You become that magnet to attract other threes. Uh, and you don't get the feedback as to why the fours and the fives are sneaking away from you, right? Because no one's burning bridges. No one's telling you, I'm out of here because of this, this, and this. I'm not surrounding myself with you because of this, this, and this. So oftentimes, you're not even getting that feedback that could, could that could potentially snap you back into, oh my gosh, a different behavior, right? Have you ever been in a, uh, a relationship where, you know, the guy or girl that you were dating uh, is breaking up with you and they give you that feedback as to why. And it just kind of hits you on the side of the head is like, oh, man, I didn't know that. And so then what you do is you start to change that behavior, whether it's to A, try and 
keep them or win them back or be just like, oh man, I didn't realize that that was what I was doing. So I'm going to improve myself so that the next person that I'm dating, I don't go through that as well. Have you ever had that experience where you're blindsided with this feedback and you're like, holy smokes. But it was like one of those where you're like, it feels like a punch to the stomach because we don't get that feedback, right? I mean, how amazing is it to get that feedback as a child? And so where I'm going with you today is this is a, this is our new study, man. This is what we're going to start doing is we're going to start grading ourselves from a one to a five every day. And we're going to do it for 30 days. And what we're going to do, and for now, I don't have a work te- worksheet to support this, but I will put basically like a calendar sheet together. And I'll put that on the uh, dental marketing blog site as well that you can download. Um, so you go there, you might be able to see that, right? I'll put it up as a blog post and I'll put it up as a resource as well. But literally it's a sheet that you can print up and, and it'll have the month and you can literally go through and you can mark each day, you know, how did I perform today? Did I perform at a five level or did I perform at a three level today? Right. And start to see what happens. Right. And if you want to have some fun with it, maybe it's an opportunity for you to print this up and give it to maybe as a coworker. Maybe it's a friend, you know, again, this being relevant for our dental practice, maybe it's something that we have fun with and we print one up for each of the staff, right? If you're a, a director of marketing, maybe this is something that you and your support staff or your, your C-level staff can do together, right? And they're going to be like, this is ridiculous. But guess what happens, guys? Once you start to do this, if you start behaving at a different level, right? Once you're aware of how you're behaving, you're going to start behaving at that five level. What's also very interesting is that once you open yourself up to that feedback, you're going to start to get it. And what's amazing is you're going to start to receive it in a very kind way, but it's going to help you to improve yourself. And it's going to open your eyes to how you currently behave. And it's also going to show other people that you care how you perceive. And and when I titled this, I was going to go, you know, how to look at yourself through the eyes of others. And then I was like, oh, man. I'm also a believer. I don't really care what other people think about me. And I, I would encourage you to, to have a, a mindset of like, we're not looking to other people for approval, but what we, but we don't want to do is be wondering why people treat us a certain way. Right. And so as much as we don't care about how other people think about us, I, I say that in more of a, don't limit yourself because of what you fear other people may be thinking about you. Right. Do you understand the difference there? I mean, we do want to incorporate the feedback of others because we want to be able to be collaborative, right? We want to be approachable. We want people to feel comfortable coming up to us and saying, Hey, I got this crazy idea, but you know, you're pretty nuts. So I'm going to come to you like that. That's when I know I've succeeded in a friendship, right? I've got a friend right now who's embarking on uh, writing a book right now. And he, he came to me and he's like, dude, after witnessing how you went through and wrote that book, I am absolutely inspired. And I don't look up to many people, but you're definitely someone that I look up to. And I want to write a book. And as opposed to there's all these different tools and courses and things that I could be doing. He's like, I, I need your I need your help. I need your guidance. I respect your opinion. And I've got this crazy idea, but I think it might just work. And, you know, I'm not telling people, not telling, telling many people about this idea, but, you know, I feel comfortable since you're a little bit out there too. And I was like, oh my gosh, I felt like that was the greatest compliment that even if someone had an idea that was out in left field, that they were comfortable sharing that idea with me, with me because they knew it was safe. I'm not going to tell them, oh my gosh, that's the worst idea ever. That's crazy, right? Uh, I might try and coach them back within you know, a certain boundary or a certain area, right? But I'm not going to tell anyone that they've got a bad idea because what do I know, right? All I know is, you know, 
my experiences, right? I know what my parents knew. I know what my, my grandparents knew. I know what I've learned in school. I know what I've learned from my travels. I, I know what I've learned from my friends, right? But that's, I'm not arrogant enough to think that I know anything, right? I'm always learning. I'm always continuing to learn. And you're listening to this because you're of like mind as well. You're always continuing to learn as well. You're not listening to this because I'm that funny. Uh, you're not listening to this because I'm that groundbreaking. You're listening to this because you're trying to learn and make yourself a better person, right? And you like to, very similar with our behaviors, we like to surround ourselves with people and or learnings that are congruent with our core values, right? And so very similar uh, right here is, you know, when I get that compliment that, you know, this is out there, but I want to share it with you. I love getting that, right? And that that is, you know, action speaking stronger than words. That is me operating at a five, that someone is feeling like that, right? And so, because I'm not going around with this, this scorecard and asking everybody, right? I'm keeping this pretty close to the vest because... I don't want uh, someone looking at it going, wait, 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 you're taking this tool that you learned from a 10-year-old and applying that to, to grown people? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. And in fact, a lot of our, our best learnings happened when we were kids, uh, but also a lot of our limiting beliefs come from when we were kids, or maybe even more importantly, as we become adolescents and adults, we start to stop receiving feedback or stop asking for that feedback because we're afraid of what that feedback feedback might lead to, right? You know, again, the rejection of or a breakup uh, from a girl or a boy, right? Or a friend that no longer wants to be your friend, right? Have you ever had that situation where you had a best friend and you guys were just two peas in a pod, but then, you know, one day they just stopped playing with you and they started like, you know, for me, it would be like kind of related to sports, right? If I had a buddy that, you know, we were totally like down playing Dungeons and Dragons, but he started playing basketball and I didn't, all of a sudden, you know, he started hanging out less and less with me and he had started hanging out more and more with people that played what? That's all right, basketball. That that was one of his uh, uh, passions, right? That he really loved to play basketball and I didn't really like it. And so I didn't lose a friend, but I lost time with a friend because, you know, that wasn't really my jam. And at the time, uh, and so that's just kind of an example of, you know, we have all of these iterations of ourselves. We have all of these evolution points of ourselves, right? We have all of these friendships. And then sometimes we don't have a friendship. And have we ever stopped to ask why? Because oftentimes maybe we just blame it on a situation or, oh, because they're an asshole or, oh, because of this or, oh, because of that. When really is, is it really because we behaved ourselves out of that friendship? So the example I just gave you with Kevin. Uh, you know, we, we used to play a ton and then he started playing a, a bunch of basketball and I, I wasn't really playing basketball a ton at that time. And so literally because of my behavior of not playing basketball or because of his behavior of actually playing basketball, you know, we just kind of went our separate ways, uh, because he went more down the basketball track and I didn't, and it, it's not right, wrong or indifferent, or it doesn't require, a, an exit interview, you know what I mean? It, but it's just interesting to look back at that now and be like, oh, okay, it's because of my behavior and or it's because of his behavior that we just don't hang out anymore. And it's not because either one of us didn't like each other anymore, right? But it had everything to do with the fact that, you know, we had different interests and he wanted to do more of the basketball. I wanted to do more of the skateboarding, whatever, because he had he done more skateboarding, he would have behaved himself back into the friendship, whatever. You see where I'm going with this though? It's ever changing. But sometimes we have these losses, right, in our life and we internalize it and all of a sudden get stuck in our head. And that, then all of a sudden, 
if you've lost a, a good friend and you're not quite sure why because you didn't break it down to what the behavior level was, now you're afraid that you're not good enough, right? Same with like a breakup, right? A guy or a girl leaves you and, and sometimes they give you the feedback, sometimes they don't. Again, there's not always an exit interview, right? But then all of a sudden we feel what? Oh, shit. What did I do wrong, right? And sometimes they'll even tell you what you, you did wrong. But then ironically, you were so bullheaded that we're like, no, 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 that can't be it. <laughs> right? Have you ever done that? I have. I know I have. So th- the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, sometimes we have these losses and, and instead of learning from them, we put up walls to try and prevent that loss from happening again. Right? And now all of a sudden we're in this world where because we have these walls up, we feel like these walls are protecting us. Right? Very similar to how we've got this wall that we're going to be putting up along the, uh, the, the, the uh, USA and, and Mexico border, right? They're talking about putting this wall up. And, you know, some people see that as, you know, protection, as if we're keeping other people out, right? Whereas then I sometimes ask the question where it's like, okay, at what point do we realize that they're locking us in? You know what I mean? It's all perspective. It's the same wall, right? Some people think that that wall is keeping the bad people out right? And then there's other of us that look at it and say, well, wait, 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 why do we need a wall? Now they're keeping us in, right? Same with any Berlin wall or great wall of China or whatever that is, right? You know, and this could be its own episode. And I hope you're not crawling in your skin if you're on the left side or the right side of the political spectrum, because here's the deal, guys. I'm not on either end of that spectrum. I, I feel like that game is fixed and they can play that game. And I am equally as blessed just participating in the game that I'm playing at, which is self-improvement and improving the lives of other people. Um, and there is a, a time and a place for politics, and I'm very grateful for the people that have chosen to uh, to pursue that career, but that is definitely not my cup of tea. And so I leave that to the professionals. So I don't even dare have an opinion on that. I am a good taxpayer, and I leave it at that. How's that? But But again, we put up these emotional walls. And again, are you keeping other people away or are you locking yourself in? And it's both. You know what I mean? It's, it, it, it's both. Whenever we're putting up a wall, you're, you're keeping people away from yourself. You're, you're trying to protect yourself, but you really just locked yourself in. But then you're also blocking people out from even approaching you, right? And so again, back to any wall, it's best just to knock it down. And especially this emotional wall that we have right now, it's very similar to that wall that we're talking about putting up down on the uh, Mexico border, right? We don't need a wall. We just need better communications and better expectations and better management of, of what's happening, right? The wall isn't going to fix anything, and especially your emotional wall, right? Like, we need to talk about it. We need to approach that fear. That's another thing that I'm a massive believer in. It's like whenever you see pain or whatever you see fear, you need to absolutely run towards it as fast as you possibly can because what winds up happening is the solution often presents itself. You know, there's that old saying of necessity breeds invention. It's very similar here. Whenever you reach that point where, you know, it feels like there's no hope or there's so much fear, like that is the time to run towards that. And then at that point, the solution will present itself. And it may be a painful solution. It may not be an easy solution. You may need to change behaviors. You may need to stop drug use. You may need to stop alcohol. You may need to leave friends. You may need to break up with that significant other, you know, there, there might be some painful things that, that you realize you have to do, but run towards it. And that solution will be very evident as to what you need to do. Right. 
So let's kind of bring this back to, to where we are right now, to this tool that we're talking about, right? So back to, oh, you're really going to use a tool that a five-year-old uses? Yes. Uh, the question is absolutely, or the answer is absolutely yes, because this provides us an opportunity to really rate ourselves and open ourselves up to feedback in a safe environment, in a safe way. Does that make sense? We're, we're looking at getting this feedback from other people in a way that we're going to be able to embrace it, right? We're going to feel comfortable getting that feedback from them. Does that make sense? Because if we get feedback and we're not ready for it, it might feel uncomfortable and scary and forced and, oh my gosh, I don't, I'm not ready for this, right? As opposed to if you're the one that holds the keys to this tool and you're managing that tool and you're expecting that feedback, well, all of a sudden now when you get that feedback, you're, you know that it's coming, right? And so now all of a sudden it's more organic and you're expecting it and you're open to it. And even if it becomes like direct and honest, painful feedback, you're going to be more willing and able, and the keyword there is probably able, to receive that feedback in a way that doesn't hurt your feelings, right? You don't allow yourself to put yourself in that place where you feel like you need to protect yourself. If you're asking for that feedback or soliciting for that feedback, you're going to take that feedback and really value it, right? Just like sales, right? If I'm asking for money, I'm I'm going to almost expect money, right? Because that's what I'm doing is I'm selling, right? Very similar with this. If I'm soliciting feedback, that's that's a sale, right? When I receive that that exchange of value, that money or that that feedback, right? Which is likened to the money in a sales transaction, right? You're expecting that, right? So you're putting it out there, expecting this feedback so that when you receive it, you're not going to be dumbfounded when it happens to you. And if you are dumbfounded, you know, congratulations. You know, it's going to be a breakthrough for you. It's going to be that moment where, oh my gosh, where have, where has my head been? You know, because a lot of us do, we keep our heads in the sand and, or we just keep our heads down and we, we just work and we grind it out. And every day is awesome and we wake up and we brush our teeth and we go to work and then we work ourselves, you know, silly and then we go back home and then we brush our teeth and we go to bed and so forth, right? Day in, day out, day in, day out. And we have these these habits that we're just rolling with, right? And then, you know, we just keep our heads down and we're never looking up to take a breath to see, you know, am I doing right? There's that old analogy where it's like, oh, you know, there's the... The analogy of us, you know, climbing the corporate ladder, ladder, climbing that success ladder. And, you know, the definition of failure is when you've reached the top of that ladder and you realize that you're climbing against the wrong wall, you're climbing up the wrong wall. I mean, there's nothing, there's not a worse feeling than realizing, oh my gosh, I was doing all this work, but I was working towards the wrong direction, right? Sometimes we need to pick our head up to offer that course correction, right? Because we're, we're not perfect. None of us are perfect. And in fact, when we had that ladder and we put it up against a wall, we may choose that it's the wrong wall. We may choose, you know what? This isn't what I, I want to do anyway. Yeah, I embarked on this path or I went to school with that. I, I can't tell you how many of my friends that have gone to college with a certain degree are not practicing what their degree is, right? You can relate, relate with this, right? How many of your friends have gone to school for, you know, a business or a graphic design or a law or, you know, whatever degree that is, but then they're not practicing that degree, Right. You know, how many, you know, my wife, for example, is a perfect example. She's the one that went to school and got her graphic design degree. She's not in graphic design right now, right? And I'm not saying anything against that. What I'm saying is this is a great example of, you know, 
we, we placed our ladder up against that wall and then we realized, you know what, that's not my passion. It's not really what I like. My wife discovered that her passion is more towards the sales angle and more towards the business development, right? And helping people grow their business as opposed to graphic design. So it has nothing to do with someone goes to school and, you know, they're not committing to, to what they did. It's like sometimes we embarked on that path and then we realized this is not the path I wanted to go down, right? Some of us might be embarking down a path in the number three, and then we pick our head up and realize I'm surrounded by a bunch of threes. I want to be surrounded by a bunch of fives. Why aren't I surrounded by a bunch of fives? But what's what's happening right now for a lot of people is they're blaming the fives for being assholes, for being selfish, for having a silver spoon, for having all these advantages that I don't have. When the reality of it is, is they need to stop surrounding themselves with threes and stop behaving like a three and start behaving like a five. And guess what's going to happen? You're magically going to attract other fives because people like to attach themselves to other people like themselves, right? And so we see this where it's, you know, whether it's with race, we see it with religion, we see it with socioeconomic status, right? People like to hang out with other people like themselves because it's comfortable and it's familiar with them, right? So me, for example, you know, what what is it that I like? You know, if you play sports, uh, since I play sports, I'm, we're probably going to have a ton in common. If you play softball, we're going to have a ton in common. Uh, if you coach baseball, we're going to have a ton in common. If you run a business, we're going to have a ton in common. You know what I mean? And so that's why, you know, there's these certain things that, you know, so say for my, my parents, if, if they're involved in the church, right, and they find out that you're Catholic as well, instantly there's a bond. You know what I mean? You might have, you know, you might be Jewish yourself. And you know what I'm talking about. If you meet someone else that, that's Jewish or, or celebrates, um, you know, similarly to you, you're going to be attracted to them, right? We have all of these attraction points, right? And so bringing it back down to the, the simplest element, right? If you're behaving like a three, you're going to attract what? Other threes. If you're behaving like a five, though, what are you going to attract? Other fives. And, and therein lies probably the biggest pain point for most people and or including yourself is when you have that realization that, oh, man, I am behaving at a three level. And I'm, it's because I'm surrounding myself. Well, ultimately, it's because I'm behaving like a three, right? But I'm surrounding myself with all these three. But now we're faced with that reality of as I start to behave like a five, there's going to be some changes in my life, right? And there's going to be some great consequences, but there's also going to be some painful consequences. Back to my analogy that I just told you with Kevin. That was my buddy, right? But once he started playing, you know, more basketball and I started doing more skateboarding, we gradually just kind of, you know, went our separate ways and we're still like, oh, high five each other. And we're, we're still, we're still neighbors and we're still totally buds, but we weren't hanging out all the time like we once did, right? Very similar with this. It's like once you start acting at the five level and you start surrounding yourselves and all of a sudden you, you bring some fives because you're just going to attract others at that five level, your threes are going to start behaving like, what the hell? What's wrong with you? What got up your ass? Why are you acting like this? Oh, are you better than us? You you know what I'm talking about, right? And that's and again, I that's becomes a fear that may keep you from behaving like a five, right? And so this is where we really get to start looking at ourselves, looking at how we're behaving, and better setting up our expectations, right? Because here's the deal: if you choose to operate at a three, you might be sweet with that. Do you know what I'm talking about? Chances are, if you're if you're listening to this. You're, you're not, but there's also, you know, for some people, they might be cool at the, at the three or four level, right? And they're, they're cool hanging out with other fours, right? And I'm a four and, and I'm not perfect and whatever, right? And they might be perfectly cool with that. And that's fine too, right? 
I would imagine that there's a ton of people that are out there that don't think about this, that don't measure, that they're operating at a three, and they're totally fine with that, right? The fact that we're having this conversation, though, and looking at, at what that means to improve means you're probably aspiring to be a five as well. But again, our job is not to criticize the threes, right? If we're behaving at a five, our job isn't to criticize the people that are operating at a two or three. Our job is definitely not to think that we're better than the twos or the threes or the fours, right? That, that's not what this is about. This is inspiring to be not be better than other people. It's how do we become better than who we were yesterday, right? My aspiration for today is to be a better human being than the, what, than the one I was yesterday. How can I improve? How can I make a better impact? How can I be more philanthropic? How can I add more value to my business, to my relationships, to my kids, to my, my softball team, whatever, right? Whatever I do, how can I be adding more value and how can I be doing a better job than what I was yesterday? So again, this isn't about pigeonholing and you know discriminating against other people because that's, that's something that we, we definitely want to be uh, aware of because I see this time and time again, you know, as I coach up other people and as they continue to have improvement in their lives, sometimes they forget that that when they see someone that's operating at a lower level, you know, it's, it's so funny. Think here's here's an analogy that might stick with you. Think of you know how many of you have smoked cigarettes in the past, and I did. I used to smoke cigarettes, so this is a, a an analogy that's near and dear to me. But many of you have at least known someone that has smoked in the past and has quit. And where I'm going with this is who who is the most vehement anti-smoker, it's going to be an ex-smoker. You know what I'm talking about? The, the one person that is the most impatient with like, if you're walking down the, a sidewalk and you, you get like a, a mouthful of smoke and you're like, oh my gosh, that's awful. Or, or if, you, if you've been to Vegas, like I go to Vegas like every, oh, I'm probably on the once a year cycle, right? And it's long enough that you forget like that people can still smoke cigarettes in a casino and you'll walk into a casino and you're like, oh my gosh, what is that, right? But it's like, the joke is that, you know, from my experience anyway, is that the people that are the most anti-smoking and the most passionate about, you know, smoking being bad for you are the people that want smoke themselves, right? And where I'm going with this is that, you know, as we start to move from that three to a four to a five, we start to lose patience with the people that we once were, right? And I see this time and time again, and this is something to be really uh, aware of and to be compassionate about, and that's really where, where I coach the people that I work, is to learn how to be compassionate with the people that you once were, because they don't know, right? When they're operating at a three, it's not because they're weak, right? It's not because they're less than, it, it's not because you're better than them, right? That's not the message that we're looking at doing. It's just that they don't have the awareness that you do, and so as you continue to learn, and as you become a better version of yourself, Part of your learning is that compassion and being able to forgive other people for not operating at that level. Does that make sense? So as you you as you work your way up from, you know, that four to a five, because um, I would imagine the majority of you are operating at a four or a five already. And so if you're operating at that four, you know, how do you take that step to the next level to the five? Obviously, how do we behave our way into that five and or if you're already at a five, how do we not take that for granted? And how do we continue to maintain that momentum so that we stay at that five level, right? That's really where this is 
going very similar to how Stephen Covey used to say that, you know, there's that difference between learning how to use the saw and then sharpening the saw, right? You know, you get that, that lumberjack that's out cutting that tree and he's cutting it and eventually that saw is getting dull and it's getting dull. And, you know, someone asks, boy, you've been working on that tree for a long time. And he's like, well, why don't you take a second to sharpen that saw? Sharp? Are you kidding me? I'm too busy cutting down this tree. And meanwhile, it's taken him 10 times as long cut the tree with the dull blade. So, right, this is all part of that sharpening the saw, making sure that, you know, not only do we know the tools, but that we're taking care of the tools, right? That we're sharpening the saw, that we're lubricating those pneumatic tools, that we're making sure that everything's in peak operating condition so that when we need to use it, it's there and it's ready to go. So I hope this lesson has been of value to you. Again, it came to me as an epiphany because you, you get these tools at their barest level, right? At their simplest level that a 10-year-old can literally use. And I say a 10-year-old, my eight-year-old and my six-year-old are using those same tools, right? And and they have a very clear understanding. Now, I'm not coaching my six-year-old to the same level. Like, she doesn't quite get it. Now, she does understand that her behavior is linked to that, but I'm not going like, oh my gosh, when you grow up, you know, I'm not having those conversations with her yet. Although, she is the one that, uh, when I say that, uh, you know, if you think that, and then she finishes the uh, the saying with, then you're going to believe that. <laughs> or, or I'll always say, hey, uh, hey, Natalie, if you tell yourself that, what's going to happen? You're going to believe it. It's very similar with this, right? We have this internal dialogue with ourselves. And, you know, the conversations that we have are very important because as we tell, the, tell ourselves these stories, we actually believe them. And that becomes our reality, right? So very similar with this. So this is this is your takeaway because I'm wrapping it up right now. I know I can go on and on and on. I apologize for that. But your your exercise right now is over the next 30 days, you're going to be grading yourself on a one to five level with five being outstanding and one being like you're not even showing up to work. Now, if you're listening to this, you're not even a one, you're, but you're going to range from that four to five level. You might dip to a three every once in a while, right? But you're gonna know, you know what I'm talking about, right? You know how to judge yourself, right? You know where you're at. But even more importantly, you know your potential. You know what that number five looks like because you you know that that person that you aspire to be, that's your number five. And are your behaviors congruent with that person or are they not? And for a lot of us, there's certain behaviors that, yes, it absolutely does, but then there's certain behaviors that, that don't, right? And so we know what that is. I don't need to go into detail of what that is because we want to keep it high level right now because we want to start a giving ourselves feedback, right? Again, the, the, the title of this is, you know, how do we look at ourselves through the eyes of ourselves, right? How do we, how do we look through our own glasses at ourselves and how we're doing, right? And really have that dialogue with ourselves of how we're doing, right? And how we can be better because we love ourselves, right? We take care of ourselves and, and we have our, our best interests out for ourselves, right? And so, with that lens, we want to start judging ourselves and grading ourselves and even giving ourselves feedback, man, I really could have been a little kinder during that conversation. You know, I had that meeting and, you know, I almost nailed it, but I think I kind of strayed off a little bit here. Had I only been paying a little more attention or had I not been, you know, how was my day today? Man, I spun out and spent 15 minutes on Amazon shopping for lunch bags today. Was that really what a five does? You know, things like that. And, and it's asking our questions where it's like, I'm not telling you not to shop for lunch bags on Amazon, right? But there's a time and a place for it. And maybe the time and the place is at lunch break or your 15-minute break or after work or before work or whatever that is, right? Whatever that time is for you. But but figuring out how to you know, manage your day, manage yourself, right? It doesn't necessarily need, need to be 
the quitting of a behavior, but maybe it's better timing that behavior, right? Uh, or if, you know, maybe it's a behavior that, that you know you need to get rid of. Maybe it's alcohol or cigarettes. Maybe it's opioids. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like all of a sudden it's getting deep now, right? But for some of you, it, it might be, you know what I mean? And maybe this is that time to have that conversation with yourself and be honest with yourself and say, holy shit, you know, Michael's right. I, I am spun out and I don't know why I'm doing this. And I know it's not good for me. I know it's not serving and I don't know what I'm waiting for. And if you fall in that category and this is true for life, I mean, this might be, this might be a, a t-shirt that we have to put up or a bumper sticker or some kind of, you know, phrase. Cause I say it time and time again with those that, that I coach and now I'm coaching you right now. What are you waiting for? Right. There's no better time than now. Right. There's no more time to wait. You know, every day that we wake up is a blessing and there's no guarantee that we're going to be here tomorrow. Understand that and know that to be true, right? We wake up with a heartbeat. We have something instantly to be grateful for, right? And we wake up tomorrow with a heartbeat. We have something instantly to be grateful for, right? But there's no guarantee that tomorrow is ever going to come, right? There's so many different things that could happen that could make it that we're not here tomorrow, right? And so we just need to be grateful for the here and the now and be grateful that we're here and always trying to be that better version of ourselves, so that we are just continuing to improve, right? And we're continuing to add more value, right? Because it's fulfilling for us to to grow ourselves and develop, right? There's that old saying, when you're green, you're growing. And when you're ripe, you're rotting, right? And so always be in that mindset of we're always growing. We're always that that growing green tomato, right? We're not quite, quite ripe yet, right? It doesn't matter what stage you are in that career, right? You always want to be growing. And how we grow is continuing to, to learn, right? Get new ideas, continue to develop, right? Continue to apply these new learnings, right? Continue to give feedback to others, right? You know, when you think, just when you think you've got it all, that's your opportunity to then become the teacher or the coach, right? And recycle that learning. And then what, what winds up happening? Then you start learning even more, right? Because you start learning from other people. Like as you're teaching them, you're like, huh, that's interesting how you pulled that from that lesson because I totally didn't pull that from this lesson. But now you said that, you just blew my mind because I never even thought of it like that. But now you say it like that. I may have misunderstood the lesson altogether. And of course you didn't, but it just provides a different perspective on that. And it gets you excited and it gets you really juiced and it gets you flowing. And that's part of that development. That's what we're looking to strive at. And that is what success in life and that's what fulfillment in life looks like. We're always looking, we're always leaping for that next ledge, right? Imagine that you're a climber and you're climbing up this rock, right? And, and it's never ending until you actually get to the top, right? And we are a long way from that top because our top is what? Is that when we pass and we go to heaven? Is that when we pass and we become part of the universe? Is that when we pass and we become part of the earth, right? Is that the top, right? But until we get there, we're not done. And we have so much more to achieve and so much more to climb and so much more to give and so many other climbers to help along the way, right? Once we've mastered our climbing techniques, that's when we get to train other people on how to climb, right? And that's when they're going to teach us some different non-traditional ideas that are going to blow our minds. And we're like, why didn't I think of that, right? It's like 30 years ago. Why didn't I think of the internet? Oh, it's crazy. Why didn't I think of Google? Lugal. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this, right? We're never done learning. We're always continuing to improve. We're always striving to improve. And this is that bringing it all the way back to this super simple tool. This is why you're using this tool is how do we continue to improve ourselves? And, and if we've reached the, the top of our game, how do we continue to stay at that level and perform at that level? And what does that next level look for us? Right? Because maybe at that point, if you totally mastered the five, okay, what does six look like? 
oh man, I just blew your mind, right? And then what does seven look like? I mean, again, what's what's the biggest number, right? You ask a kid, what's the biggest number? Oh, Google. Right? That's not a that's not a number. That's not a finite number. You can always add a one, a one to it, right? Very similar with your learnings. There's no, it's never ending, right? There's always one more step that you can take, right? We're talking about the one through the five, right? But once you master the five, which it's going to take you a while, by the way, right? I'm not saying think of six, think of seven, but you see where I'm going with this. You can always add another level, right? And when you when you've perfected that level and you become the master climber, and it's time to teach, and and the young pup comes and teaches you something, and you have the epiphany, bam! That's when you you climbed the level six going, how did I not see that when it was right in front of me the whole time? So I hope you uh, enjoyed this. You're busting out your calendar. That's your actionable item to take from this. That's your, your tactical item uh, to take from this and start, start judging yourself and give me feedback. I want to know like where you think you're at, where this touched you in your life right now and how you're going to apply this and how you're going to share this with other people to get their feedback, right? Because now you're creating that opportunity for a safe environment to to give and receive that feedback as well. Because as you start to, to share this tool with other people as well, you're like, all right, all right, all right, don't judge me on this. But this guy, Michael, you know, he, he's kind of funny and he shared this tool with me and don't judge me on this. It's only the one through five tool that, you know, six, eight and 10 year olds use, right? But but here, let's give it a whirl and and see where we're at and, and try it for a week, try it for a month and see what happens and see what conversations and learnings are generated from this because it does get deep quick again. We have those those surface goals, those surface desires, but then we have those internal desires as well, right? And this might start to tap into some of those and open yourself up uh, to some some bigger things as well. So I hope you enjoyed that, and I hope you have an amazing day, and thank you so much for listening. Take care of yourself.